We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome once again to the Fantasy Football Report, Week 16. It's going to be, um, yeah, wrapping up some exciting, uh, exciting games today. Uh, yeah, how's it going, Hassan? Uh, you know, living the dream. Um, got dumpstered last week. Uh, I think I lost four of my teams that were in contention, and I got really dumpstered this week. Uh, how about yourself, Blair? Well, all my teams that. All my teams were already out of it, so <laughs> it was an exciting, exciting week to be watching football. But uh, yeah, it, you know, a little bit of inclement weather um, really, really, really changed. <laughs> it really changed things, man. Uh, you, you know, you either had like really good fantasy players getting nothing in these bad weather games, or you just had the stone nuts in these various different dome climates. I wonder if it's going to change how people will be drafting next year, uh, especially in best ball tournaments. Um, I had one team, a lot of my best ball tournament teams were eliminated week 15. Yeah. Week 15. My last remaining team for week 16 is going to get dumpstered by a Dante Foreman team. So, <laughs> so that's, so that's that. Um, uh, I was going to come in second, but it's going to come in second pretty badly because I just, uh, I mean, I had McKinnon, I had Pacheco at a 20th round cost. I had, hang on, let me just pull this team up. Let me see who I had. It was actually a pretty good team. Uh, I And you know, it's an old, like a really, really, really old team because um, I actually have Gronkowski on it. Hmm. Um, yeah. So this is back when Gronkowski played. So I, I had, uh, you know, not like, not like most people care, but I had CMC, AJ Dillon, and Isaiah Pacheco at 20th round cost, Alexander Madison, Daryl Henderson, RIP. And uh, that was that. Yeah, so this was all over on DraftKings. Um, I had three quarterbacks. It was Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Joe Burrow. Pretty good. Um, you know, uh, wide receivers were Higgins, A.J. Brown. Higgins uh, in this pod was actually my unique player. He was. I was the only team to have a Burrow-Higgins stack. Borrow was owned by two teams. The other Borrow team had Jamar Chase on it. They obviously got dumpstered. I had Kittle on this team. I had Ayuk on this team. But the, yeah, but the guy beating me, just absolutely beating the brakes off of me by like 20-ish <laughs> points. Well, well, 19 points now is uh, Donta Foreman and Devin Singletary. He had Tyler Allegier as well. CMC, of course. And he had CEH. So yeah, so uh, you know, this is that's just how it goes sometimes. You uh, you run into the unstoppable duo of uh, Dante Foreman and uh, Devin Singletary, hmm. yeah. despite having CMC. Right? That's how it goes. Um, that's just how it goes. I mean, but this is why we play this game, right? Like everyone's everyone's chasing something. Um, I'm sure I'm going to be back and and making bad picks uh, next year. Uh, yeah, so. you brought up actually. I mean, it's an interesting point because we're, you know, this is kind of the year in best ball that everyone kind of realized that correlating in this yeah. in these final weeks was really important um but how much were you or are you looking at trying to correlate games that are played in a dome at this time of the year i think it's going to be very popular next year um i think i think next year people are definitely going to be looking ahead and just being like 
like, it's going to really may might skew some ADPs. I don't know how much, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, look, like, 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 here's the thing, right? Like, like this year, everyone avoided Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was someone who you needed, and then his advance rate absolutely cratered after a couple of down games, right? Yeah. But if you somehow, and I have a friend who's who's sweating, he's he's getting the team through to week 17, but now he's sweating this game, uh, the the Monday Night Chargers Colts game, um, and he might actually be out now, or he might be really close to because Eckler just scored a touchdown. Is uh, the two he was like 30 points clear. Yeah. Of of second, and he didn't think he'd had anything to sweat. And then, um, Cam Akers went absolutely bonkers yesterday. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind, Cam Akers has done like he went from being a wall early in the season to being the highest like an RB six over the last two weeks. Um. Yeah. So I mean, Akers is kind of an interesting player to think about. He comes in in this game and has. 118 rushing yards, three touchdowns, still only the two targets. Um, but does, I mean, how much do you think this moves the needle on him in terms of his dynasty value, for instance? I mean, nothing. I mean, he was AWOL for a while. Yeah. Right? Like, like this guy was persona non grata. At, at one point, Sean, Mc, like, Sean McVay axed Daryl Henderson, who was getting most of the usage. Yeah. Like, like, like. They've got literally nothing else, right? Like, this is a team that has turned to to Baker Mayfield fresh off the streets, right? With a makeshift, right? Like, they shut down Cooper Cup. And McVay, with his back against the wall, is playing some of his best football. I mean, they dumpstered the Broncos 51-14. And Nathaniel Hackett got fired earlier today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's cool seeing McVay have to battle. But this is not like repeatable. Like I mean, like I, I, and in all in all fairness, I got one dynasty team through team through into the finals, yeah. On the back of a ridiculous Tyler Higby performance, <laughs> nine of his eleven targets for ninety four yards and two scores. I mean, this is a very this this you could have targeted this game early on in the off season, right? As a game to potentially stack in week sixteen because. Sitting in you know June or July, this looks like two potentially high-powered offenses right. going at it, right. and you would have been right for all the wrong reasons, <laughs> right? Like like uh, Russell Wilson completed 15 of his 27 passing yard of uh, 27 attempts for 214 yards, one score, and three ints. Mm-hmm. Uh, QBR of 3.5, by the way. Um, he is. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to see this, but there was this, this a video where it just showed how sick of him his own wide receivers are. Where like his, I think is like his last end was you see Sutton just like motioning to him to just run the football. It is <laughs> wide open lane that like, that, like he or you know like it looked like he was motioning him to either run or just throw him the ball because it was a short and he just goes for this hero throw that gets picked off in the end zone. And you can just see, like, Sutton throw his hands up in despair and disgust. Um, you know, it's, it, like, one, after a dumpstring of this proportion, I'm not surprised that that, they, that the team moved on from Hackett. Um, but bigger question is, and I think there's not much you can really change. The guy who they, they brought in to help with clock management is not going to manage the team. I don't know what to expect from this team going forward. The question is, Blair, what are you doing with any of these Broncos guys on um, in uh, a dynasty? But then also, where are you ranking Judy v. Sutton in dynasty? We've talked a little bit about it, but I want to get your thoughts now. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of have to hold most of these guys, unfortunately, um, because, you know, Judy might still have some value in terms of where I'd have him ranked yeah. versus Sutton. I think I'd have Judy at least a couple rounds ahead of. I win. Yes, I've been keeping score on this one for a while now. There, (laughs) this is it. You win. Yeah, no, we discussed we discussed Judy versus Sutton a while ago, and this was before Sutton actually got hurt. Okay, Um, just from a dynasty perspective. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, you do have to rank Judy ahead of Sutton, right? Yeah, you have to, and Judy is probably the only one that you could get anything 
you know anything of value back for right now i mean obviously you can get something for sudden but not not as much as he's probably worth whereas judy you still have he's kind of still an unknown you can uh you might be able to get something for him in a trade but i think my preference would be to to hold and hope that um whoever they bring in to coach the team next year is a is an upgrade and helps this offense i think judy is kind of really become the 1A in that offense now. Yeah. Uh, he's done it with Brett Ripien, and he's done it with the backup quarterback and Russell Wilson, right? So 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 he is uh so he's done that. Um here's 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 something funny, right? So this offseason I was trying to trade everybody Jerry Judy in exchange for a first and no one accepted it. Mm. He's absolutely worth a first round pick. Like he's probably gonna be a fourth round dynasty startup pick. Like he's he's instantly turned into one of those guys whose startup value never matches his trade value. Yeah. Um, yeah, that could be. I mean, even like you see, even in this game when nothing is much nothing much is working for the Broncos offense, he's still putting up 117 yards. So he does have like he's shown that he's kind of immune to Yeah, uh, but but now it's too late because I'm not going to be trying to sell him for just a first. I'm going to try and sell him for two firsts, right? Yeah, right. Like, like, like I'm not going to move on from Judy for that, right? Like, and and like realistically, like there's very few teams that you can just turn around and say, yeah, I can move Judy. But I, I, I wanted to use it as a way to get more wide receivers in this draft as opposed to holding Judy. But um, no one offered me that anyway. But I still came away from that draft with Jamison Williams. And Christian Watson because it was a, it was an auction dynasty draft. So, mm, yeah. um, I mean, Watson just went disgustingly cheap. Um, I mean, we can we can probably put a cap on 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 the Broncos. This was a lost season for them. Uh, Do you think that this game by itself does a lot to help Judy's value? Like just this coming at the end of the season, pretty solid performance on ten targets in a game that Sutton does not you know play that well and Wilson plays poorly and like nah. this is like uh you know the straw that finally made the Broncos fire their coach so I mean or do you think Judy's been outperforming Sutton the whole season he has been Sutton's kind of like not really looked 100 percent mm. right so, like Judy really has been outperforming him this was actually from an efficiency standpoint one of his worst games um, so it's good that he had the 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 target volume to get there. Only his second double digit target game on the season, by the way. Um, huh. Yeah, and his f- first game since the season opener, way back in on nine twelve, where he's cracked over a hundred receiving yards. So it's not like a lot. Is <laughs> what's, what's what's great is that when he's targeted, he's um, able to put up numbers. I think I think really the game where everything sort of changed for him. Was that Kansas City game where it was just him without Sutton and he went off with eight, eight, eight catches on nine targets, 73 yards and three scores, right? Like, I think that's really where uh, you had to start flipping them in your dynasty ranks. I mean, if you're if you're one of those guys who tears everybody, they're in the same tier. They're the same tier of player. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, just, it's just if you had to draft one gun to your head, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're still taking Sutton ahead of Judy. I think you just take the guy who is cheaper now and who falls to you as opposed to making a statement pick. Yeah, see, I probably would actually have Judy a tier above Sutton. Oh, but that's where that that that's kind of where we defer. But that's interesting. That's a good take. Well, yeah, I mean, I at this point, I think you'd have to say Judy has more upside going forward. He's younger. He's um he's kind of shown this resilience. Um, you know, still having. 117 yards in a in a bad game for the offense. Um, and they've all been bad games for the offense. Come on, man. Yeah, it's just bad. I was just looking. I'm looking at their season-long stats to kind of compare. Awful. Judy. Neither of them have even 100 targets, and they've played 13 games. So. No. no, and and when you go back to the, to, the, to the redraft values, they were being drafted like they were going to get 100 targets each, man. <laughs> like... Well, I mean... How do you not give these guys 100 targets in 13 games, right? I don't know, man. You got to feed Greg Dulcich and <laughs> you got to feed Kendall Hilton. And is that his name? Hinton? 
Hinton Hilton. You have to give Hinton Eric Saubert some run. Diary Cleveland needs his. Got to get Latavius Murray his tar- targets. Targets. Freddie Swain demands some attention. <laughs> and what are we? Yeah, well, I mean, what are you, what are we doing here, dude? Hackett was like was like monstrously in over his head. Like What's that way. Like the guy. Like all this bullshit about him being like a lure in Aaron Rodgers, and then they get Russ Wilson, right? And like. Then they gave him this mat. They signed him to this massive, massive extension, um, which without ever seeing him play, and like, there were issues or concerns with him potentially having it fallen off, right? And yeah, I mean, what do you do? Like, what like what did the Broncos do? Because like there is there is a world where they just tear it all down, but they refused to do that for years. It would really go against everything they gave. They've got nothing to offer. They've got like they've got no picks. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's clear when you're signing a guy like Wilson that you're not, you know, you think you're playing for the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, but this team obviously seems like it has a lot of holes, not only, you know, it's not. I mean, a, a I mean it, Wilson, it doesn't go right. Like, if you go back to like they were winning on defense alone at the start of the season, that's like, true. this is still a phenomenal defense. That's true. Um, like, they just have given up. On Russ, they've like, 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 like. There's been massive, massive issues with with, with Russ Wilson as a leader. Um, he, like, he doesn't command the same respect. Uh, the rumors from the locker room all indicate that this is a guy who thinks he's he's still, you know, the guy. Yeah. Teammates don't like, like from a from an outsider perspective, and the fact that everything is being is like a leaky faucet now. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, you know. Like all the stuff from like like every time you see Russ play poorly, his former teammates are on Twitter roasting him, right? And his and every time they pan to the sidelines, his current teammates hate him. Yeah. So, I mean, this is still a talented roster. It's just a shame that like I mean, no one saw this for Russ. You know, like no one saw this kind of decline. Like it's like been I think you know just from a like. He was such an uh, uh, efficient quarterback, right? Like his completion percentage over expected was like ridiculously high, and this kind of cratering is like a—I mean, I hate to say that, but like a Peyton Manning, you know, duck phase kind of guy. Like, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Where would you take a chance on Wilson in best ball next year? Uh, mm, he'd have to probably flip with like probably QB seventeen or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, because like this year, this year guys who were going that late were included people like Fields and 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 and, and uh, Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah, Fields was getting a little bit pricey toward the he, end. he got priced towards the end because of the the, the Konami code stuff, right? Um, we haven't seen Russ as like a Russian quarterback in uh, God, 
I'm gonna have to look over his like rushing like his <laughs> career stats now, right? Yeah, I don't know. When was the last the last time we saw him truly as a rushing quarterback? It was 2017. Yeah. Um, like, of this game. man, I'd I'd like for it to be 2017 again. <laughs> I remember what it was like being young and riding for road of his back in the day. Those were the days, man. I know. Um, I was on the other side of this game. Uh, Baker Mayfield complete 24 of 28 passes for 280 yards and two touchdowns. Is he, you know, could he be like the future of the Rams at quarterback? No, I think he's he's earned himself either a backup role here or a potential like bridge role somewhere. Yards, I miss, misspoke. I mean, he didn't have to do anything. Cam Makers did everything for him. Right, 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 right. Um, I don't know. Do you do you think we'll see him starting at the beginning of next year anywhere? Oh, I don't know, man. It, it really kind of comes down. I think teams, I think teams recognize that they might have made him. Well, this might just be wishful thinking on my part, but. Teams might have recognized they made a mistake with the with the pricing on quarter rookie quarterbacks this year, mm. right? Um, despite how horrible they were, it was worth taking a stab because you've seen guys like Ritter start, Ritter sucks, uh, <laughs> right? But but they were still going way too cheap because if nothing else, these guys still made for cheap, capable backup quarterbacks. Like there's no reason to play a, a pay seasoned veterans as much as people as people do. When these like you know rook quarterbacks are able to go as as understart. I mean the fact that the fact that Make, Baker Mayfield was able to come in and they were able to win a game despite him getting off the plane two days ago shows you that if if your coach is like creative enough and offensive minded enough, you know you create a system that works for the quarterback and not and not have them f- flip and force him into a mold, right? And uh, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but to me, it looks like Baker's playing some of his best football since his rookie year in in, in Cleveland. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not you know he's not blowing anyone out of the out of the water. No. He's not he's not putting up huge fantasy days, but you know, no interceptions. He didn't take any sacks in this game. Yeah, um, his, I mean, uh, his he's a fine bridge. He's, he's a good of attempt was three point four yards or whatever that. Yeah. Was. But you know, what? yeah, but I mean, actually, the guy I wanted to get your thoughts on was Bryson Hopkins. Yeah, this is this this one goes out for your TE premium degenerates. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't even think this Higby performance is something we can no. really count on. So I don't know. You know, when when Van Jefferson is the best wide receiver you're throwing to, sir, do you like? Oh, by the way, just just. Prayers up for like, all the slappies who are out here, like, 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 like fucking putting overs on Tutu Atwell, like, what's <laughs> it like to hit money? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Tutu Atwell. Dude, there was like that week where it was like Tutu week, where like every, everybody was out there like, oh, it's Tutu's time to shine. And we've lost all our viewers now because they're sick and tired of hearing us yell about this. But, and there, there are people out there like, yeah, Tutu Atwell. And um, was a, I mean, he's a fun guy to root for because he's really small, but he was crazy good in college. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not saying it's not fun. I'm just saying that, like, it took all of this to break for him, and even then he's, like, not playing well. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know. I don't think I don't think Bryson Hopkins is really a thing either. I think uh, we talk a lot about teams that need first-round wide receivers and probably oh, God. do. Even if they, they don't have any first rounds, first round. Right, yeah. Even if they get cut back fully healthy and he's like as good as he was before, still yeah. I think you gotta you gotta be planning to spend some capital um at wide receivers. Man, this was such a bad a tough sports week, but um talk about the Rams and Broncos too much. Let's I know, I know we've really talked we've really talked about them too much, but I wanted to uh, uh but but like you know just Keeping with the theme of coach firing or eventual coach firing, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won 19-16 to against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Trace McSorley looked, I don't know if he looked, he looked like a man playing quarterback. Um, <laughs> it's about the nicest I can say about him. He completed 24 of his 45 attempts for 217 yards, no touchdowns and an interception. 
Um, he also added 14 yards on the ground and seven carries. Uh, so, so I, I'm I'm kind of thinking that Cliff's going to be gone come Black Friday, which is really like it's morbid to speculate about because you know we're talking about coaches losing their jobs here. But at the end of the day, I think I I do think this Steve Keim Cliff Kingsbury pairing is going to face a lot of pain, especially given Kyler's like the fact that he got hurt very late with that ACL tear. Who knows when he's going to be ready to go next week, right, next season. Um, I, I think it's time. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that it seems like every week it seems like Cliff does, like he's in over his head or something. Like he just doesn't know what's going on. But Hey, I, hey, they, 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 got, they got Greg Dortch going this week, though. That's right, they did. 10, 10 catches on 11 targets, 98 yards. But it makes no sense, right? Like, like Dorch played only nine snaps the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think one thing you can say if you're the Cardinals is that you got really unlucky this season with, even though Kyler didn't get hurt till later, you had Hopkins out for the first six games. You had, but they knew that get injured early. You had, um, right, the Kyler injury. You had a lot of things not exactly go your way. Um, which is not to excuse how poorly they played or been coached, but I think there's a way you can justify keeping Cliff another year. I don't think you can, man. I think you just have to move. We'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be good for me because I don't, cause I don't have to change my display name on Twitter. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on at HRR5010 if you're not already. Um, the one constant here, though, is, uh, and the, we, we should probably be talking about this a lot more, James Conner's usage yeah. has him dead to rights as a league winner, man. Like, like this is 15 carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Eight targets, seven catches, 41 yards. Yeah. Like, this is the guy who people were drafting in the third round. And if you somehow made it, like, this far with him, he's been – it's been amazing, man. Like, his, his, uh, his production has come – with and without Kyler, like that just is you know the fact that our running backs just need to touch the rock a lot. This is it. Yeah, it's been surprising, honestly, to see how much work they've been willing to give him. Um, you know, to the point where he's like the only guy in the league that, or the only running back anyway, that's playing ninety percent of snaps on a regular basis now. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's not obviously quite as efficient as he was last year. So it hasn't maybe maybe you he still was slightly in overpay at his price. Um just because he hasn't really been able to score a lot of touchdowns. But I mean the last, you know, since like week ten or something, he's put up I think four running back one performances. So Yeah. Definitely um, happy with the way he's playing lately. The uh, the other guy who's been playing really, really well um here is uh, on the other side of the ball is actually Leonard Fournette. Um, he, him, and Rashad White have been rotating series, but Fournette had 20 carries, uh, of which he converted into 72 yards. But he had 10 targets, of which he got nine, and he had 90 receiving yards. He put up like 26 PPR points and didn't find the end zone. I mean, that is like ridiculous. Um, talk about coming through big, man. Like when it counts the most, you know. Yeah, and this is the kind of performance that you get remembered for. Might push his his best ball price up again into the probably not the third round. How, how much? But like, this yeah. is a question for you: Is how much of the of the Buccaneers' prices was tethered to Brady under center? It's a good question. Um, definitely some, I think. Uh, and the promise of it being of it being a dynamic price. offense. Yeah, it's not like Brady's price was out of hand. So Brady's was pretty high for a forty-five-year-old guy. <laughs> well, I don't know. We don't have much history of forty-five-year-old guys' prices. <laughs> yeah, but um, at any rate, like, there's not. I mean, there's no reason to really. It's very rare to see that happening again. Um, oh wow! Uh, for those of you who are listening on audio, long touchdown catch. Here from Keenan Allen, um, he avoided the defender deftly and uh, took it all the way to the house, but 45 yards, yeah. Um, so I'm just reacting to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's not really much else I want to say about about this game. Uh, 
really, it was more so surprising to me as to how down to their opponent the Buccaneers played, considering that they were at full strength. Yeah. Um, but like, at no point did I ever think that they were ever going to lose that game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and another game that was very similar to that, I think, was Cincinnati Bengals at the mm-hmm. Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bengals scored 22 unanswered points. And then the New England Patriots scored 18 unanswered mm-hmm. points, yeah. um, falling four points shy of the Bengals and losing. Uh, right? Um, yeah. Mac Jones completed 21 of his 33 attempts for 240 yards and two scores. Um, Kendrick Bourne actually came up pretty big here. Got six of his nine targets nice for 100 yards and a score. Jacoby Myers got six of his seven targets for 83 yards and a score. And despite all the available opportunity in this in this in this offense, Dyquan Thornton continues to do nothing. So from a from a dynasty perspective, like what like Thornton, what are you doing there? I'm still comfortable taking shots on Thornton late in drafts. If I have a startup, I'm okay in like the fifteenth round drafting him. But I mean when someone has a rookie season like he like he has, it probably makes sense to just. I yeah, know. I mean, I mean, what are you gonna do? Like, he's gonna be drafted in the last round of startups, if at all. Yeah. Um, I, I guess if you play the Triflex leagues, sort of his Triflex leagues, they're not trading for him. There's no reason to. Um, it's pretty you know, rare, I think. Like you saw, DJ Chark come in out in his second year and put up a good season after doing nothing in his first year. So there is some precedent for that to happen, but it's pretty rare. So, you know, Trenton, uh, Tr- I, I can't, I don't even know his name, man. Trenton Irwin. There we go. Yeah. Uh, hyper efficient on four targets, about three of those for 45 yards and two scores. Um, it kind of actually took away a little bit from T Higgins. T Higgins, uh, a guy who I got it on a lot this week, had a big game, got eight of his nine targets on for 128 yards and a score, but he could have had a bigger one had he not dropped a touchdown. Um, uh, I I actually like to joke a little bit because because T and I have this symbiotic hit love hate relationship going right now where um, if I uh, have to publicly hate on him he does really well and if I publicly praise him he does really poorly so I have to keep hating him for one more week publicly um, uh, I think he was kind of the standout sorry Trent Irwin is probably better than him right Trenton the God Irwin. Well, definitely better scoring touchdowns. Funny story. I was writing a DFS article this last week, filling in for Michael Hitchcock, one of our DFS writers. And I was using the the lineup optimizer at Rotoviz to try and help write it. And Irwin kept popping in the optimizer. And I was like, what is this? Get him out of here. So I blocked him. Who is this guy? (laughs) So I blocked him and didn't even mention it in the article. But, you know. Well, well. That's uh that's a little bit of behind the scenes <laughs> trivia for you all. There you go. Sometimes the machine is absolutely smarter than the man. That's right. Um I should have listened. Just I mean the machine had it right all along. Um I, I will say you know, talking about like ridiculous running by target shares, Joe Mixon seven, you know, caught seven of his nine targets of forty three yards and no scores. Um I mean it it helps when, when Joe Barrow throws fifty two passes. And, and it's clear that Zach Taylor's offense definitely, you know, generates these targets to the running back. So, you know, it is it is pretty impressive seeing Mixon continue these gaudy, gaudy reception totals. Unfortunately, it's come at the expense of uh, my boy, Tyler Boyd. Yeah. I mean, if Tyler Boyd got nine targets, he'd have more than 43 yards. Yeah, but I don't think they had to do much considering that they were leading 22 zip. So then they were just trying to keep the ball going, keeping the clock ticking. Right, it's not. It's not like the Chargers how they use Eckler. Right, um, it's more like they will target Mixon relentlessly when they're up to yeah. keep the ball going, which is good because you want to create those layup throws for your quarterback, keep the ball in play, and keep and keep the scoreboard ticking. I mean, they didn't want to have to be out in those conditions anyway. Right. Bad. I mean, just a just a very frigid frigid temperatures, but. Right. I mean, Bengals performed well in the cold, and hopefully when they go on to take on the Buffalo Bills this week um, in Buffalo, uh, we can, we, we'll see some fireworks. I think a lot of fantasy championships and a lot of fantasy hopes will be there. 
Yeah, so I mean, this is another good point. Like, uh, right, Cincinnati Buffalo is like the matchup everyone was chasing at the beginning of the season. Yeah, back in August when it's really hot, we're not thinking, oh, you know what, this game could be freezing, could be windy. Maybe it's not no. going to look that good. Um, I haven't um, checked. I haven't checked. The, 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 I haven't checked the forecast yet. Nah. I think I think it's not necessarily the, the cold, it's the wind, right? Right. It's yeah, the right. wind that you have to be worried about. Um I mean I mean this this week was just unfathomably cold, unfathomably cold though. Yeah, I think the cold doesn't certainly doesn't make as much uh doesn't have as much of an impact as the wind, but I mean yeah, I mean unless unless it's the kind of cold that it was this week. Yeah. Um a game that actually avoided all that cold is uh, the game of the week, Eagles at Cowboys with Gardner Minshew under center. Oh yeah, um, that that game popped off, man. Um, Eagles lost with their backup quarterback, thirty-four uh, forty. Um, Gardner Minshew uh, completed twenty-four of his forty attempts for three hundred and fifty-five yards. He also threw two interceptions, but he also threw two touchdowns. Um, Dak Prescott on the other side of the ball completed twenty-seven of his thirty-five uh, pass attempts uh, for three hundred and forty-seven yards, three scores, and an int. Um, I mean, this is like the CD Lamb that we thought we were going to get this year, right? Mm. Um, got 10 of his 11 targets for 120 yards and two scores. Uh, and you know, where, like, where honestly, where is he here in, in your dynasty ranks? Where is CD Lamb in my dynasty ranks? Yeah, like, who's who's ahead of him? Um, I have to think about that, but I'd say it's a tough probably, one, right? He's probably a top, he's probably a top 10 wide receiver. Yeah, I think. I think it's for me. It depends on like the week and how I'm feeling because he could be anywhere as, as high as wide receiver four all the way down to wide receiver ten, right? Like he's kind of a tier below the other three. Yeah, I don't think I'd have him quite at at wide receiver four. I'm thinking he probably fits well in that eight to twelve range. Hmm. So who would you have above him? Well, I'm I'm trying to. I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, right? Obviously, those guys you probably have, um, and it's so tough because like the rookies underperformed a little bit this year. I don't know if you. I don't know. Would you say Garrett Wilson underperformed? Well, right, Wilson. So Wilson is someone I would have ahead of CD Lamb. Um, I think. I think. I think it's really difficult to to come away. I think. I think we we got a little bit of egg on our face with our love for Drake London and Traylon Burks um, over Garrett Wilson for too long. I think we should have been a little bit quicker there. So I apologize. <laughs> I don't know. I still like I still like London. He I mean, obviously I, has not looked good. And Ritter. No, he's looked great with Ritter. Like he's been doing really well with Ritter. He's been getting the opportunity at least with Ritter. Yeah. Like Ritter has been. Ritter kind of knows that London is the best, the only thing on the team that really, really. Yeah, works. but so London is someone who I would consider maybe putting ahead of CD Lamb. I don't know. I don't think I could. I could. I don't think I could have London ahead of CD Lamb. Um, you still have. Would you still have Cooper Cup ahead of Lamb? No. Diggs, Adams. Mm, no. Jalen Waddle. Now you're talking, right? Now you got an opportunity cost, right? See, I would have Waddle ahead of Lamb. I probably have Tyreek Hill ahead of Lamb. Um, mm, I don't know if I could have. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could have Hill ahead of Lamb. What about? Uh, T. Higgins. Oh, I don't think so. No, Trenton. I think I think what's really what's really frustrating uh, for Lamb is that he plays in that low flow, run heavy offense, and this was like the game plan was what really astonished me. Right, Eagles didn't have Maddox to defend the slot, so they relentlessly attacked the slot. And instead of attacking the slot with a dusty like a dusty dust ball like Michael Gallup, they attacked <laughs> it with their best wide receiver in Ceedee Lamb. Yeah, and good things happen. And then where they weren't attacking it with Ceedee Lamb, they were attacking it with, with like Tony Pollard, which was even weirder, right? <laughs> like he got his of his eight targets for sixty-one yards. Um, Zeke still got some of the glory, right? But like I think I think it's really difficult because with Lamb, with Lamb, you're still probably gonna have one more year where he's like a true out-and-out alpha. Yeah, not having to share it. Although speaking of a team that needs to take a first-round receiver, the Dallas Cowboys are one. Yeah, that's the other thing. There are probably some some rookie first round receivers, depending on where those guys land, that I might have ahead of Lamb. 
I think we're a little too low on Devonta Smith and DJ Moore as a website. Uh, that could be. That could be. What about? Yeah, because because Devonta Smith. Sorry. I think I think I would have a Monra in the same category as I would uh, Devonta Smith. And I think I might actually prefer Devonta Smith to Monra. Devonta Smith got eight of his twelve targets for 113 yards and two touchdowns. Um, the the uh, the Detroit Lions, on the other hand, are actually getting good good work now out of DJ Chark after coming back. Four mm-hmm. of his five targets for 108 yards. And um, I don't know if you know this, Blair, but Jamison Williams is gonna be a good go next year. So yeah, I mean, he only caught one of his five targets. I know. I know, I know. He didn't have five targets, did he? No. He had one target. He got none of his one targets. None of his one targets. I was looking at his season long. Yeah. Um, no, he's they they they've but they've already been pretty pretty forthcoming with what they're doing with Jamison Williams, which is like letting him play in the lost season. Yeah. I mean it, it would make sense in well, I don't know. I mean, I think they still think they might have a shot, but or at least they did before. This game, but yeah, but after getting dumpstered to the yeah. to the Panthers, yeah, like, you wouldn't blame them for not even activating Williams at all this season, right? No, but I think they wanted to, yeah, because he wanted to play, and I think they wanted him to just know what it's like being on a football field with no expectations. So where would you think Williams next year? Williams is a guy who, even though he was, even though we knew he was going to be hurt to start the season. He's yeah, still, he was going. He was still going early. Yeah, and he still like made sense as like a top, top twenty dynasty wide receiver, because we thought he had. That yeah, because yeah, we should, he's got that juice, right? Yeah, and we've seen some of that this year, um, at least on one play. Yeah, I think you can't over index on the one play though. Well, for sure, but then you know you're also taking into account his his uh, prospect profile. His he's going to be here forever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Would you drop him down in your dynasty rankings because he didn't play that much, even though we knew he wasn't going to play that? No, much? I think you just like leave him where he was. Yeah, I, I just don't think you can adjust based on anything. Um, I mean, this is like this is like it's like next year is going to be his rookie. Like, but like we knew that forever, right? Yeah. This isn't this isn't a case like Trey Lance where. You expected him to play over Garoppolo given the cost. Yeah. And then he never did that, right? And then after that, when he did, he got hurt, right? After playing kind of, you know, meh, right? Yeah. This isn't one of those, like, oh, I'm still waiting on him. <laughs> like, this is very much a, I knew the situation where we were going in. We know what his prospect prospect profile really is. Um, And I think in Dynasty, if you really, like, if you want these guys, you just have to get out and go buy them. Yeah. Like it sucks. It sucks. You just have to take it at my cost. Um, Here's a question. Uh, basically, since DeAndre Swift came back, the Lions have used him as like the receiving back, and they've had Jamal Williams be as a, as a grinder yeah. guy. Um, is that a touch split that you're happy with as a Swift owner, or do you want to see him getting more of that rushing? I'd, li- I'd, li- I'd like to see him just get more touches, just in general. Yeah, I mean, there's really not that many targets to go around when when you've got a bunch of really good wide receivers out there, and, and when you, when your team trails that much, yeah, um, right. Like these are the kind that's the kind of profile you're gonna get for like Mixon, where you get targeted heavily when you're leading, not when you're trailing. Yeah, um, yeah, it looked bad um, the other day because he only caught one of his five targets, but still, he's five, also just lack burst. Five targets is not that not not that much, right? Yeah, yeah. he's actually fully healthy. Like, could that have something to do with why they're not using him? I, I, I have no idea, man. But him and Dalvin Cook, like all these guys, like are on a milk carton somewhere. (laughs) I said my fridge. Uh, I can throw it out after the week, after next week's over. Yeah. Um. All right. Here's a question: Who would you rather have in Dynasty, Jamison Williams or Christian Watson? Uh, I would rather have Jamison Williams. I think. Interesting. Interesting. I think. I don't know. Christian Watson has been surprising. Um, I don't think he's actually been great. Like, he's scored a lot of touchdowns. Um, and I think some of that is kind of fluky. So, I think I'm a little hesitant to, to buy all the way in on Watson. I think he's been fine. I thought he looked pretty good yesterday against yeah. the Fens. Um, 
got eight of his six targets for 49 yards. He also dropped two in the in the, in the end zone, right? Yeah. Like, I think the one thing, the best thing I can say about him is that he's, like, appeared to have earned Aaron Rodgers' trust. Right. And if it weren't for that injury that forced him out, um, Alan Lazard wouldn't have put up an Alan Lazard 5 for 61 on 11 targets performance, right? Yeah. Um, like, it's clear that Rodgers trusts him a little bit more as the secondary receiver, like as a receiver now, as a real receiver. There were some pretty impressive, like, like throws that he made uh, that he wasn't heaving at all earlier in the season. Um, but he seems to trust him to like, make get up, make a play on the ball in tough situations. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you where I might actually prefer Jamison Williams. I mean, that was kind of how he was being drafted in Dynasty anyway, right? Like with Jamison Williams going earlier. That's right. And if you, if you, you know, not, not much has changed about, well, like you said, basically nothing has changed about the way we're evaluating Williams. So if you believed in his talent before, I don't think that much has changed about Watson either. Like he's shown the ability to put up some big games, the ability to catch some touchdowns with Rogers, but he's really only had, you know, a stretch of four games where he was pretty good. And beyond that, he's been a wide receiver three or worse um, in every game. So you want to see, I guess, a little more consistency. Uh, maybe I'm asking too much from Watson. Maybe he actually has been good enough that we should we should be more excited about him. We should be more excited. I think I think we should. I will say that Tua, on the other hand, like appeared to have suffered a concussion in the game that some people yeah. on Twitter found and caught, which would explain his abysmal second half, his drop off the second half for something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like that probably explained like like the his final int, the one that sealed the game for them, was like Zach Wilson level bad. <laughs> but you can, if he was concussed, you can see that that was why he made that play. Yeah, and and really shame shame on the Finns for really just not caring about this poor guy's brain health. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not there's not much that can be said about how how egregiously the Dolphins have been have been doing that this season. Um, it's a, it really is a shame. Yeah. Um. On Franco Harris Remembrance Night, the Raiders uh, lost to the Steelers in a, on a last-minute play. Um, don't want to. Don't want to really like. Only reason I'm bringing this up is because of George Pickens. Like, yeah. The the hype train seems to have cooled a little bit. Although I don't know if it should have. Yeah, I mean, I thought Pickens was good in this game. He caught all of his targets. Yeah, fifty-seven yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, he was, I guess, kind of overshadowed a little bit by Fryermuth, but they, I mean, both, but they both look pretty good. And Beyonce made some big plays this game, too. That's true. I think, yeah, uh, it's, it's easy to forget that Deontay is actually a pretty good receiver. <laughs> this was a, this this was a miserable game, by the way. It was it was it looked every bit as bad as it did on TV. Um, I, I mean, I lived, I, I lived it, man. I didn't go to the game, but like, I was like, th- like during the day, it was something else, dude. Yeah. Do you think that we could see Kenny Pickett take a step forward, kind of the way, like, you know, not to Trevor Lawrence level, but kind of the way we see a lot of second year guys, you know, or a lot of guys pull it together in year two? I is think he, I is he more Trevor Lawrence or is he more Zach Wilson? I think he's closer to the Lawrence side just because he's he saw more success at the at the undergrad level as a as a even though he was an older prospect right yeah um I think the Steelers are still dealing with the cap ramifications of having Ben Roethlisberger mm. and so they've got a, still a makeshift O-line um strong defense um I think what they should be doing this year is still investing in O-line picks right like picking for O-line yeah. and hopefully a few of them pan out and that way, if Pickett sucks, you can move on from him the next year. 2024 is supposed to have a much better draft class anyway yeah. for quarterback. Um, and if he sucks, you just know that you can go right ahead, go into full tank mode and embrace the suck and then come out with an early pick and then you have a good O-line to put him behind, right? Right. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So I think, I think for them, it's asymmetrical upside rolling with Pickett for next season. Yeah, I get that. You do see some teams building that way, kind of building, 
building the right. the Raiders have been doing it forever with Derek Carr, huh? <laughs> I guess that's right. <laughs> um, he was abysmal. He's looked pretty bad, the poor guy. But you know what? Yeah. He's a you know, I wouldn't feel as much rage towards him had he just kept like you know Devonte Adams going. But Adams didn't do much for himself in this game. Got two of his nine passes for fifteen yards. And this is coming from a guy who played in Green Bay, so you know, you know, and he knows gold. Yeah, this was a game where you kind of, uh, well, I don't know, you had Adams with this dud, you had DeAndre Hopkins put up a dud, and uh, some of the rookies looked really good. Some of the young guys looked really good this week. Yeah. So kind of a changing of the guard week. Um, yeah, we always say that with, like, Adams, though. I know, I say that every week. Um, yeah. I am interested in where you have these Steelers pass catchers ranked. In Dynasty? Yeah, Pickens, Johnson, Fryermuth. It's the same as Rejaf for me. Probably flip Pickens and Deontay. And if it's a TE premium league, you probably want to put Fryermuth ahead of the two. Fryermuth's done enough to, to warrant like a solid TE4, TE5 selection. That's interesting. That's, that's, the, fr- that's the frustrating part, right? Is that... Yeah, he hasn't... I mean, he's been... He's been pretty good, but like not. <laughs> I don't know if you'd call it tight end four level. Uh, the issue is, all right. So give me some tight ends who you're t- taking ahead of him, right? Well, in in dynasty, in dynasty, Kyle Pitts, Pitts, Mark uh, Andrews, Pitts, Andrews, Hawkinson, probably. Um, uh, I, I, but then, but then let's. But then those guys are pretty old, so I think right. they'll make a case for Kelsey. I don't think I Goddard probably. I think that I would still consider Kittle, Kittle ahead of Friar Muth. Kittle's doing this without Debo, though. Remember that. That's true. Yeah, meanwhile, me, meanwhile, Friar Muth is doing this with... Sorry? It's a tough position to... It's tough, right? To draft, right? Yeah. So, I guess the question is, is, does, is Friar Muth good enough to have joined kind of that, that elite tier? Not even elite, but like there's a clear tier break after the top... I don't know, four or five guys. Do you think Fryermuth is closer to Mark Andrews than he is to, uh, I don't know. Darren Waller? Not even Darren Waller, but like Dalton Schultz or something. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I, I think, I think Fryermuth is definitely closer to a Andrews than a Dalton Schultz. Um, but the question is where, right? Because I could see taking Fryermuth as DE6, DE7. But in tight end premium, you're still talking about. That's a fifth round pick, man. Yeah. So in tight end premium, like in a dynasty startup in the FFPC, would you take Fryermuth ahead of George Pickens? No, but that's <laughs> where the ADP is going to shake out. I don't know. I think Pickens will end up being uh, being a, like an early fourth rounder. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, it just sucks, man. Like like every time there. <laughs> like this is just a tough, tough, tough. Um. It's just tough. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I hate shrugging my shoulders and continuously saying it's tough, but like, I <laughs> hope to not be. All right. So, I mean, let's, let, let's reframe the question a little bit. Right. Okay. Are you going to, you're sitting there without a tight end, only tight end remaining is Fryermuth, and you have to trade up to get him. And you know that the team in front of you might actually pick him away. Like, are you going to trade up to pick Fryermuth and then lose the prospect of missing out on guys like Pickens and stuff? Or are you just like, all right, I'm just going to take three of these other guys and make sure that I can get like a couple of wide receivers that I want? If I don't trade up, I have a good shot at getting Pickens? Yeah, pretty much, right? Well, then I'd probably just draft Pickens. Yeah, okay. I don't think I would trade up to get Fryer Muth, even if, even if tight ends were going earlier. Yeah, because I, I mean, he's had a good a good stretch run. Yeah. Yeah. I like Fryer Muth a lot. Um so don't take this the wrong way, you know. Don't think I'm saying Fryermuth is not good. I like him a lot, and I would. Yeah, I mean Pickens' is upside. Pickens' is upside is genuinely. Pickens, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like still like top ten wide receiver in the dynasty. What about Fryermuth versus Deontay though? Same guy, playing different positions. <laughs> yeah, that could be All right. Like that's that's a, that's a bigger question, right? Because they both get targeted a lot. They're both efficient with their targets. They both catch it. And they get targeted at about the same at the same the same rate similar ish A dots. Yeah. So I mean it's that that's that's where I think I'm okay 
with whoever I get, right? Mm-hmm. Fryer most probably is not just because of the position and scarcity. Because man, tight end is bleak, dude. Like it, it, it's, it's been hell. Leads the Steelers in yards after catch. Yeah, this year. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, they just basically moved away Chase Claypool to make space for him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that yak is kind of, um, you know, that's like what we see George Kittle doing too, leading. Yeah, yak is like yak is a tight end skill though. Right. I think so. That's probably that's probably important and probably is a good sign for Fryermuth's future. Ultimately, I want both of those guys on my team, Pickens and Fryermuth. Yeah, it's. That's what that then that's where you're kind of like Steelers quarterback be damned, right? Because they, they did it with Trubisky, they're doing it with Pickett. Yeah. Like like this is still a team that's got a solid coaching staff for all intents and purposes, even though Mac Canada isn't great. You almost um, think like if Pickens takes a this next step forward that we expect to see from year two wide receivers, yeah. he almost has to pull Pickett. Pickett along, along with him, yeah. To a to some extent. Like Pickett yeah. probably I, I think I I think Pickett's gonna be gonna be going at in the in the quarterback sixteen to nineteen range next year, and I think I'm gonna have a lot of him. I think. Yeah, I don't hate that price. Yeah, like I think I just think that that's where it'll get interesting, especially early on, especially early on. Yeah, but um, uh, there it's uh, it's it's coming time. Uh, after this, I think we've got a few more playoff pods, and that's that, man. Getting misty eyed here. Another another season in the books. <laughs> that's right. Um, you're uh, fighting for a spot in the Scott Fishbowl final. Do you know if you held on? Did any? I this, uh, I do not know yet. We're gonna find out after this game is over because because yeah. that's the only way. It's a little it's a little cumbersome trying to figure out who and who isn't um in in contention. Uh, I know I know a friend of the podcast Josh ADHD was uh, clinging on to the thirtieth roster spot, the thirtieth spot. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how it all shakes out after this game is over. Yeah. Not a lot of points so far, so no, not and, and just it's been a, one of those weeks where you either had like all the players who scored all the points, or you didn't have anybody. Yeah, and like 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 there's a team that I'm beating in one of my semifinals right now by over 120 points. Um, humble brag, yes, but he had DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Williams, and he sat Devonta Smith. Oh, so well, I mean, it wouldn't have helped him anyway, but yeah. <laughs> Like I said, all my teams are pretty much dead, except I did remember that I'm in I'm fighting for to advance in my one home league where I go. came into the game losing with Eckler still to play, and that touchdown put me up by about two points. So hopefully, hopefully that holds. Let's go. Um, yeah, I mean, there are other games we want to talk about. Not, not, not on my end. I think we're about <laughs> done. It was a tough, tough week, man. Yeah. Uh yeah, well yeah. End of the end of the end of the season for us. I think we'll probably be back. Hopefully to do maybe some playoff shows. We'll start up some dynasty content and uh, before long. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for hanging us hang out with us this season, y'all. Definitely find man. us on Twitter at hrr five zero one zero and at am I the real bear? Absolutely. If Twitter is still around by the time you're listening to this. Definitely find us on there. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, make sure to uh, subscribe to the Road of His YouTube channel and you can um, leave us a comment and or leave us a review and rating on the YouTube channel as well. It really helps us out with the algorithm. So, uh, yeah, we definitely appreciate all you guys who listened all season, who watched all season, and we hope to see you again next year and uh, hopefully sooner than that even. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely appreciate all you guys. Uh, That's it for us, right? Yep. All right. Good luck in the finals, y'all. Whoever made it, let us know you do. Take care.
everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.